This is part one of a three-part podcast. Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Have you seen the new video of Wheaton Labs? It is permaculture awesomeness with all new and improved things like more rocket mass heaters, easy bake coffin, Willy Wonka, rocket cooktop 2.0, and the truly passive greenhouse. To see more, go to permies.com slash tour. Again, that is permies.com slash tour. All right, it's on. It's counting down. I can see the numbers. All right. Um, today I want to talk about a bunch of different things, but it all begins with how I used to live like I imagine everybody listening to this lives, or most people listening mm-hmm. to this live. You got a worky job, and you do your worky job thing and, and stuff like that, and it's like, and I didn't care for it, and I wanted more, and I wanted better. Now, I did have the property on Mount Spokane for quite a few years, but it's like... I needed to get something. And so we were talking this morning. It's like, oh, you know, about building infrastructure, but that's not what today's podcast is about, about building infrastructure. And you get to a certain point where it's like we're doing things, and it's like, you know what's just such a huge benefit that I just kind of forget and take for granted? This is an old geology teacher uh, joke (laughs) that he used to always say taking it for granted but anyway is our water here is so excellent like such an excellent quality like some of the best and it's like as we were doing I was doing some things with house plants and it's like if you lived in the city it would be chlorinated water Mm -hmm. and you would smell it in the entire room as you were watering plants, yeah. Right. Oh. And uh, it smells it like a swimming pool. Yeah. And uh, uh, and then in, in a lot of other rural areas, there's problems with water, uh-huh. you know, and you wish it was chlorinated or you wish the only problem was chlorination or something like that. But um, there's such an important thing about uh, yeah, I want to do the. I want to talk about the difference and the transition, and we've got some other space to go into here in a little bit. But I know that for years, almost ten years, I wanted to find a place to move to, to be part of a community, mm-hmm. and everything seemed lame. And and so the, when the opportunity presented itself that I could buy land, uh-huh. I wanted to make it so it was not lame, and right. and by my standards, and and I think that I have succeeded. But there's been some odd impediments, which are just knowledge impediments. But okay, so at the moment I've got Stephen and Samantha here, and Des is going to join us in a moment. Um, Fred will be back in a few weeks, but um, uh, for now, um, let's just... So, okay, I'll, let's start... I want to start with Stephen. So, the other day, mm-hmm. you were telling me something, and I said, we should put that into a podcast. And it had to do with um, uh, doing the worky job thing before, and the best you could do there... Versus when you came here, because you came here as a sepper. Mm-hmm. So you rented, I think, the Love Shack yep. for a month. And then you would join the boot camp for half a day every day. 
and then when the month was up, you slid into the boot camp. And so that's my memory. But there's the, the thing that I want today's podcast to be is about the transition. Because I think a lot of people think about, like, how do I live the permaculture permaculture life? How do I get the benefit that permaculture has to offer? Where do I go? How do I pull this off? And some people don't want to be part of community. I know I'm hardwired to be part of a community. Um, and that's all good. But But still... What a transition, and it's a weird transition, and and there's all these little elements for me, but before I lay down my thing, Stephen, so what was your dealio before, what is your dealio now, Mm -hmm. and what is the difference? All right, so I was living in Baltimore, Baltimore City. Uh, working for a nonprofit, doing uh, helping people find jobs, and uh, and I I led a training program. I helped change lives for the better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and I had done that for many years. I was very good at it. And um, but it was even before that. It was shortly after I graduated college where I first learned about radical sustainability. Uh, Des, I got a seat over here for you, man. You didn't like sitting on the couch. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so uh, I had ended up uh, learning about uh, anything related to permaculture back in my 20s, and I was like, man, this sounds really great. I really ought to go back to school and learn how to do that kind of stuff. And I had debt, and I had blah blah blah, and I, you know, I, I, I wanted to figure out how to do that, but I was like, oh man, I can't afford that. I can't hack that. Um, so. Let's fast forward another 20 years, and here I am working in Baltimore uh, after the pandemic had started and the city had been shut down and I was working remotely, and then I was working back in an office again, and then I was dealing with people again and and living in the city and making that all work, and I was becoming more and more dissatisfied with that life. And I was like, you know what, if I don't make the jump now, chances are the wall is going to be too high and I'll never be able to do the jump so that's when um that's when my plan sabbatical to come to wheaton labs for a month turned into my resignation and i was gonna i was like okay i'm gonna make wheaton labs work so the whole reason behind the month as a sepper and then you know moving into the boot camp was so that i could figure out if i really could hack it um and that's where you know i stayed as a sepper i wanted to become used to the routine uh and then learn you know like start working with the team to see if i was a good fit and if i was a good fit around here and all that stuff turned out that nobody kicked me out and i really wanted to be here so then uh yeah i I stuck around as a boot and um, basically have wanted to be a boot ever since I showed up, I guess. I mean, is that... Well, I guess the the thing that's the difference is that, I mean, we live a very different way here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Very different yeah. from Baltimore. Yeah. And <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, love it. All right, so, so when I was in Baltimore, the best I could do in terms of this kind of lifestyle was being in a community garden. And I had, uh, had, a, I had leased a plot at a community garden for several years. Uh, I knew several friends over the years, and I had all, the best I could do was guard, backyard gardening, essentially. And the worst thing about it was that uh, since it was the county or the city, they would plow everything under at the end of the season, and you'd have to basically start from scratch. So this whole idea of perennial gardening was something I had never 
had an opportunity to do. Uh, and uh, when I came out here, uh, the people were like, oh, so you're a boot now? What's a, what's being a boot like? And I was like, well, I started joking around and saying, well, yeah, every day is a Saturday. Because whenever whenever I was living in the city, living in, you know, in, in so-called civilized life, it was like uh, that's what I had a chance to do on the weekends, on my Saturday, away from the day job. And it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning where, you know, you had to do the worky job thing. And I was like, man, I can't wait till about weekend, you know. But I wasn't one of those folks, you know, I, I got the whole drinking and partying out of my system when I was younger and then I really wanted to do things on the weekend so I would go to bed at a decent hour on Friday night wake up nice and early in the morning and then go to the community garden and do stuff over there nowadays I have a chance to go to bed at a decent hour in a quiet place every single night wake up uh, see cats every day see gardens every day or build something with my hands or go on a hike every day I mean, so that's where that's where my joke came from. I mean, it's earnest, you know. I I have a chance to do the things I didn't have a chance to do during the week. Now that I am uh, boot here and I'm doing boot tasks all all the time, all the time. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like a big part of this is, and and I I don't know. There's been so many people I've recorded podcasts with, and and they're kind of like living in the city with some kind of worky job, and they got debt. Or they don't have debt. But even still, it's like, where do I go? What do I do? And what is it like? And how is it really different? And um, I hope that there are a million households that are even better at my standards than this house is. Um, I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, we have a system. We, we do things. And I think a lot of people come to stay here for a week just to try to be part of the system for a week and so they do the separate program for a week um a lot of and and i think a big part of this podcast is to talk about how the boot camp compares and and we've gotten some weird comparisons that i need to i feel like we need to get sorted out so des joined us hello and so um des i know i've recorded a few podcasts with you you're a little shy over the podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> and so and of course you've been here more than two years so you have your acre but not only that but you got um so there's the brk and when you do the brk then every hundred posts you get some coin and um sometimes it's thousands of dollars and sometimes it's not and um but there was a special BRK thing that if you hit 700 BRK posts, you got a fat bonus in addition to the regular money. Do you want to just, I don't think this has ever been put into a podcast. We put it into a, a YouTube video, but all right. Can you tell us a little about that? Sure. I don't know exactly what you want to hear, but um, at 700 posts, uh, which was near the two-year mark, if you do it every day, um, I got that, I achieved that bonus, and it was pretty sweet. $10,000. Yeah. And there's, and there's two more of those out there. There are. I think Steven I'm, is working I'm, on it. I'm on my way to the, I'm on, on my way to number two. Okay. All right. All I right. I keep saying that out loud, but yeah. I'm working to number two. <laughs> but, um, 
you're back. I'm back. And uh, um, and now I've made you and I sat down and talked, and we made a sweet deal for you for the boot camp. Yeah. And you do that when you feel like it. And now you're you're being a separate. You're kind of like the the inverted Stephen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Boot to separate. Instead yeah. of separate to boot. Mm-hmm. And so um, I I thought it was really cool when you said when you kind of went on a walkabout, mm-hmm. which involved some driving about, oh, but yeah. but uh, you kind of went all over the United States. Mm-hmm. And then apparently, from what I understand, one day you said, I just feel like going home. Yeah. So uh, things were a little rough with the lady I was kind of hanging out with. And I could tell, like, she was getting sick of me. <laughs> so, uh, the next morning, coincidentally, I opened my eyes, a little bit stressed because it's like, I'm in, I'm in Seattle to hang out with this girl, but I don't need to be here. Where else would I go? And then some little voice in my head literally said, just go to Montana. It's 5 a.m. You got time. So I said, how long does it take? to myself and I'm in my van and hanging out and it's like it's totally doable I'll make it there by the early afternoon which is perfect and so I set off um the girl did reach out to me that same day that same morning and I was like oh I'm already I've already left (laughs) (laughs) damn it Des where the hell are you yeah it was fun while it lasted Um, you were supposed to make me breakfast <laughs> um, it would have been a good breakfast. Um, so yeah, and then I've been here ever since. It was about a nine-month walkabout, driveabout, um, and it wasn't all about seeing women or anything like that. It was a lot about a lot about um, recentering myself and soul searching. I hit like uh, what forty? I was forty. Let's say I was forty-two that year this year okay okay <laughs> so a lot of stuff just kind of converged and I, I was like i gotta hit the road i love the road and it took nine months and i was like i think i'm gonna i'm getting a call to go to montana when i got here it definitely felt like home um i kind of just jumped right back into boot camp because the deal was so sweet and i'm actually 200 BRK posts in, <laughs> so you might shoot for another ten thousand or seven hundred posts. Yeah, if I just do five hundred yeah. more, you um, know, I'm next in line for that maybe. third one. But but you're currently on pause on that because you're currently a sepper. So right now I'm sepping, and my idea right now is um, for the winter, I just want to seek joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a personal thing. It's still part of my. Uh, walkabout so to speak at first i gave myself a year and then i said you know what do another year let's see what happens and things have been ever since i've been seeking my joy things have been really and what a great place to do it thank you so much paul (laughs) yes i really do i was just chopping wood right now and it's like what would i rather be doing in in on a sunny winter how many degrees 25 degrees 30 degrees day now the sun's up. It's probably in the twenties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think I looked. It's it's thirty five outside. Oh, so it's above freezing. Okay. It was fourteen this morning. Yeah. But it's warming up already, and of course we did we ran the rocket mass heater, and it's very warm in the house. Mm-hmm. But I do have to mention one more thing. Uh, a big part of 
what drew me back was the cats. I just love mm. being around cats. <laughs> and the system we have here for the cats, for me, is, like, ideal. I just like it. And I saw that you're making a model for it, because we have two cat houses. We should probably talk about our cat houses okay. someday, but not not this one. But, sure, sure. But you got into a, a groove yesterday of designing a cardboard model for a new cat house. A bit of a fit. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The big thing is, is that I think the thing I want to talk about in this podcast today yes. is to compare the life that you had out that was not here compared to being here and and I'm going to ask Samantha next and then I'm going to share my thing about a recent experience but I don't know I just kind of feel like you know um what we the way that we live might seem crazy to a lot of level zero people but, I mean but it's it's like uh what's what seems crazy to me is when I travel around when i if if i have to travel and go over there for uh two or three days i have to go on a speaking gig over there or i have to go and do a speaking gig over here or or i'm i gotta go to blah 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 and i'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit but it's like it's so it's like sepp holzer hates to travel because then he's moving away from his water and he feels like he can't be away from his water for very long that's on his property. His special, you know, um, uh, what do they call that? The, the fountain of youth water or whatever. Anyway, um, and that eventually, and I kind of feel the same way. Wherever I go just feels dismal compared. But anyway, you were. I was. There was, uh, uh, yeah, that became very apparent. Like right away, um, our food standards here is organic or better. Um, is that that's correct? Yeah, I'm saying it right. Okay, yeah. organic or better, and in a, in a very subtle way, it crept up on me how lovely that is. And when I was doing my walkabout, drive about, it, I was like. I just want a fridge full of organic food and yeah and and living with people who have similar standards to that wherever I went it wasn't it was either like halfway there or it's like oh yeah it's it's not organic but whatever something like that yeah 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 I I I do feel like we're on a sort of an island but not only that uh as we pull more and more food off I know that that here it is it's today is Christmas Eve. Yeah. And so most people won't receive this podcast for a week because the Patreon people get it a week before everybody else. But um, I know that about a week ago, so I don't know, what would that be? December the 20th, December the 15th, something around in there, I was harvesting kale <laughs> and brought it in and ate it. Um, so uh, we're still pulling food out. I mean, I don't think there's much else. I mean, I could probably go get some sunchokes at any time. I could, you know. Whatever you want. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we have potatoes in uh, a couple different cellar spots, too. Right, we've yeah, been that we grew here. Yeah. We we've been putting them in the um the the pump houses. Yeah, the pump houses. Because they don't freeze, but they're very cold mm-hmm. and so we store our potatoes in there and they do quite well. But um all right. Uh so Des, yeah. when it comes to 
life here versus because I kind of feel like this is the thing that I was shooting for. This is the I have built the thing that I wanted to build. I've built the thing that I couldn't find elsewhere. And um, and I thought I was building it because I I just assumed that there were hundreds of people like me looking for this place, and um and I and I'm apparently my math is off or something, but I keep here I keep having people tell me why they don't do this, and all of the things they say are fucked up like that is not true even a little where that you get that and so there's just this it's so bizarre and uh, but they're convinced that whatever they made up or whatever i don't know where they got it uh, is is facty fact and so i'm kind of feeling like okay so des any anything else about here versus not here so there was the food there's the cats <laughs> there's a kind of an unlimited amount of activities so to speak and to touch on what steven said like building projects working with wood i love working with wood That's and right. i love that we have this sort of ideal of what is it no fat pure wood pure wood pure wood yeah yeah um we don't succeed every time right but sometimes when we don't succeed, we try again and we do. Minimizing screws and fasteners, stuff like that, metal fasteners. And glue, no and glue. No glue. I don't like glue now that I've been here. Yeah. I didn't know about all the toxicity. We've made a lot of stuff without any fasteners or glues. And I think uh, the joy factor is amplified when, yeah. when that happens. Yeah. It is weird, isn't it? It mm -hmm. feeds something in you. Um, I know that... Um, there's a lot of, you spend a lot of time in our gardens you spend a lot of just sitting hoogles are amazing to be around i think it just sense there's a sense of live wall it's a live wall um and it's earth and it's greenage and edible greenage yeah i want to i want to I wanna run a weird question by you which i've never asked anybody in this room before i if like you, weird questions yeah you sit in a chair out there next to the hugo culture do you feel some sort of cosmic vibaruni of some kind like there is some extra life force that's in there that is now soaking into you just by being near it i never thought about it that way but i do i am drawn to hang out near a hugo i don't know why and does it does it like lift your spirit or build your soul by just sitting there Probably. I just never thought about it that way. I'm never, drawn to it. I've never thought of sitting next to a garden, like a flat garden that, where everything is growing in rows. I've never thought of sitting out there next to a garden, like I'm going to pull up a lawn chair or something and sit there. And if I did, I, I can't imagine it feeding my soul like this. Maybe it does a little bit, but I I, I just kind of feel like this has got to be a hundred times more soul building than sitting next to a flat garden maybe it's the uh, fusion of science and nature yeah okay yeah and then uh, i think w one last thing is is um i know you love running rocket mass eaters i do <laughs> that's why i came here your video on rmh's at the end says if you like this sort of thing coming out to permi <laughs> and i was like 
Holy crap, where's Permies? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Samantha, I want, I, I'm going to come back to you to get your whole story, but I just want to real quick go around about the, um, the thing I just said about sitting next to a hugu culture. I, I do like to sit out there with them. I think they have kind of have their own energy. Yeah. It's almost like being near a, a small mountain. I I can't explain it, but it's like sitting there is good for you, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Yeah, it feels really nice. And there, it's like it's a mystical, and I'm you know we don't, I don't need a definition, but but I think that that's that's it. we've built a thing. And, and I have, I have a hundred ideas how to make it even more glorious. Like how to, and, and it comes back to the thing I say about basically, in a way, this is about romancing nature. Mm. And I feel like it does it. And I know you love running rocket mass heaters too. I do. And you, you have a thing you say, like every time it's running, something about how, you know, a regular wood stove doesn't feed your something something uh, yeah it doesn't I, I think that being around the rocket mass heater warms me internally so i can run outside barefoot in the snow and i'm warm from the inside and des is nodding his head like a fool he was he was going around in flip-flops this morning yeah yeah hey this is t blankenship are you a fan of pie where there's pie at permies.com this pie grants the user of secret access you also get free things like videos of Wheaton Labs, the ability to add two thumbs up, two posts, and more. To get pie, go to permies.com forward slash pie to get the inside scoop of what pie can do for you. Again, that is permies.com forward slash pie. All right, Stephen, I want I want to ask you the Hugo culture question. I don't know if this is your bailiwick or not. It It seems kind of... I don't know. It's a little weird, a little cosmic. I I have to say that, I mean, I uh, I resist the idea of supernatural or ultra ultra real kind of thing. You know, things beyond reality. However, I will say that yes, if there is there is a sun scoop, for example, where you where you're surrounded almost entirely by an earthen wall where things are growing, then uh, it. Uh, yeah, this is like an aesthetics kind of thing. Like you feel, uh, you feel surrounded by life. The air smells different. The air feels different because once you walk out of that surrounding, that, that surrounding wall of earth, you're like, okay, I'm ready to garden somewhere else. Um, but yeah, there is something that happens. Don't, I, I don't think I can articulate it either. It's like walking uh, from a garden out onto a city street, even though you're not walking onto a city yeah, street. Yeah, yeah, that there is a difference. There's a stark contrast between, you know, like you were saying, a flat garden, yeah. which I love to put my hands into anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, versus, you know, being able to climb onto <laughs> your garden <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and see and feel the life. And again, like, for me, the smell of the earth is so much more, uh, more noticeable, more tangible. Um, and I hate to deal with aesthetics because that's not necessarily why I'm here. It's just something that I experience while I'm here. You know, that those kinds of, those kinds of intangible, like transcendent benefits or things that I'm sort of picking up, even though that wasn't my main focus yeah. for being here. I, I kind of feel like I avoid the purple stuff. A fair bit, but at the same time, I mean, we're talking about purple stuff right now, right? And I kind of feel like um, 
I don't know. There's there's something, and and the, the contrast was, you know, like it was about a week ago. It was December the fifteenth, I think it was, that I was in Coeur d'Alene, and I want to talk about that in a moment. But bef- so, Des, do you have anything else to add at this moment? We're going to talk about some other stuff here in a bit. We're but. talking about hugels and the difference of living outside of this bubble. One of the things that drew me back was the not the ability, but the encouragement to just pee anywhere. Especially <laughs> on a hoogle. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I have come around the corner and and found a woman peeing, and I felt like oh sorry sorry sorry, and uh, and I I I go away. But um, I don't know. I I kind of feel like um, uh, what is it? You know, because I kind of feel like when when a woman squats, she's exposing herself, and it's you know. But it's like if she's doing it here, it's kind of showing that because um, when a guy's out there peeing, it's like yeah, you know, and and it, and it is it makes a difference too. If you gone back to a spot where it's like oh yeah, I peed there about a hundred times, and next year it's like a jungle. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But I like. I like the idea that women feel this comfortable. And we've got all kinds of, and there's been some women here who are not comfortable with that at all. And we've provided things for them. And then they, they then find, they find a way to, they become comfortable with what we've provided there. Like the little pitchers or the pea shoots. Um, and so there's a lot, it's different women or it's different things. But, but yeah, the whole pea everywhere, that, that just seems right. You know, yeah, you can't do that in the city. You can't do that over there. Let me mention (laughs) something. The thing that won me over to stay here was the willow feeder. And I've mentioned this dozens of times. The willow feeder system. And it's, sure, it's, it's a thing, it's, it's where you go to the bathroom. However, it is also like, it is representative of the change in mindset that occurs. You're no longer thinking of your bodily waste as waste at all. You're looking at it as part of the system, you know, and the whole organic food kind of thing is organic or better. That's the reason why that standard exists is because those materials go back into the soil and feed the entire system, starting from the microorganisms to the fungus to the plants that are growing to the wood that is used. Eventually it becomes the wood that is used to heat the house, you know, (laughs) But the microorganisms need that kind of those nutrients, and you and you know by again the it represents a change in your mindset from oh man that's so unclean it's so dirty blah 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 and it's useless it is waste it is human waste you know they think of you know that's the typical name for it waste disposal no this is tree food this is willow tree food you know that's so the, what do we call it. That's willow candy. Willow yeah. candy, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go feed the willows. Be back. Got to go <laughs> yeah. drop off some candy for the willows. That's, I mean, that's the, uh, uh, for me, that uh, that was the thing that, that was the final light switch that needed to happen for me to realize, yep, this is a place for me to be. Do we have a podcast about willow feeders? I mean, I know we've had some people show up and they said that the number one thing that we're doing is the willow feeders. And we should stop talking about all the other things and we need to talk about. And I, um, but I don't know, hell, I can't remember. We talk about it all the time here, but I don't know how many 
thousands of times I've talked to people about willow feeders, I don't remember what's gone into a podcast. So maybe that's two other podcasts now. There was the one from about five minutes ago, and then the willow feeder one. <laughs> remember all this? It's in, it's in the recording. The yeah, thing. Have to listen to the recording over again and figure it out. But. Okay. So I'm going to move on to Samantha. So, so Samantha, you are very familiar because you got to listen to me rant about this, which has kind of led to this podcast. But before the Coeur d'Alene thing, so um, can you talk about Wheaton Labs versus other places that you live? Now, you you have a lot of animals and you have land and and you have lived in a variety of different environments. I have. I visited a few different communities because when I was growing up, I knew that I wanted to be in community and grow my own food and have my animals. And I tried. I found, I tried to find a place and it turned out that I really didn't feel that I fit in with any place that I found. Um, whether the rules seemed not for me or the stuff they were doing was really not maybe not clean enough for what I wanted to do. Oh, right. That's a really big thing. I'd say 19 out of 20 communities or homesteads or is it, they're just they're, they're just a fucking shithole. Like like it's just <laughs> garbage every I mean am I am I exaggerating? Have you guys been to places like this? I I've, I've been to the city, not to other homesteading communities. Okay. So yeah. They, they throw they throw chemicals into their shit water yeah. to clean it up, and then they throw it into the bay. Ugh. So, I so let's not let yeah. I, I really have nothing to compare this place to. Sorry. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm maybe too much of a stickler about life here and how clean we need to keep it, mm. and I feel like it's very important to keep it tidy. And we might not always meet that standard, but I think we do. All you got to do is step onto some of these other places that I've been to, and suddenly. You want to come back here where it's tidy, and it's it can be pretty gross. I've I've been to some communities where they had um, uh, something resembling an outhouse, and it was overflowing, um, and uh, and it's like they're, they're they but they're at least not using the chemical stuff, you know. No. And uh, but it's like on top of that, just everything everywhere is just. It looks like the boneyard, but it's everywhere. Like, they've just turned the whole property into a, well, just pile it up over here and pile it up over there. And it's all, it just looks like a junk heap. And then a lot of communities, too. It's like, all they do all day, I mean, I shouldn't say all day, but they probably spend more than half of the day just getting stoned and being stoned. And I've had a lot of people come here and say, yeah, this is our fourth uh, site that we've been to and the previous three we just had to get out because all they wanted to do is get stoned all day and we wanted to build experiences with horticulture and building stuff and things like that okay sorry Samantha this is your turn you yeah. get to say your thing um, so I bought my own land and I thought what I would do is build my own place and hopefully eventually people would come and live with me and I'd make my own community. Yeah. And that's worked a little bit. I've had a lot of great neighbors have moved in and so we are starting to build a community on our hill. Right. It's a it's, it's like an old school style of community yeah. where is this your neighbors? Yeah. And everybody ha people have animals and we take care of each other's animals and it works out. So we're really lucky that our, our we have a family on our mountain of good families. Okay. So, and and you've lived on some homesteads, and um, I know you've you've 
been to a couple of different places, and uh, there's been a couple of different scenarios, and and of course you uh, you've never lived here at Wheaton Labs, but you have visited a lot. Just visit every time I can because it's fun. And and you've been here for like a full six weeks for a couple of summer events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that when I first bought this property, you were one of the very first supporters, like before I even moved onto the land. I, I did. I bought your deep roots. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, all right. So, but you've seen some other homesteads mm-hmm. and places. And so, and you've been here. Yeah, I mean, I I like what people are doing. A lot of times there's, they're doing a ton of great things. And then when it comes to mealtimes, nobody really cares about organic food. You know, like you go to a farm where they're growing food, but then they shop at the store. And I want to grow my own stuff. To me, like, that's so much more valuable than whatever I might buy. And now I'm starting to grow wool, and it's like, I want to make my own clothes. I want to make my own leather. And I don't, I mean, I'd rather do that and just the, joy of having the one thing that I made versus the 20 things I could have bought. I'd rather have a thing that I made with my own hands. And I kind of need the land and the community around me to make it possible for me to do those things. Because try to do everything and have a worky job is a lot. But here, I see that it can be done. You know, you guys all work together and somebody does everything. So you have the free time to do what you really love. I I like what Stephen said about every day is Saturday because when I was on Mount Spokane, um, it was it was like you know a on the weekends I could do all of the things I wanted to do, and then Monday through Friday I have to go and burp burp burp, burp. and then um, and then if I saved up enough money. I could get it a whole extra month in between contracts to, you know, be on my land and do things. And, um, but then eventually, you know, the, I, because of debts and, and, you know, car payments and mortgages and stuff like that. And so I'd have to go back to work, you know, and, and, uh, so. But now it's like all, Everything that the boots and, you know, the seppers get to join the boot camp as much as little as they want. And so all of the projects being worked on are Saturday projects for me. <laughs> um, and uh, as opposed to worky job projects. But I, I want to now talk about... So I met you in Coeur d'Alene mm-hmm. on the 15th uh, of this month. So a week and a half ago or a week ago, whatever that was. And... Um, and and um, we're going to stay one night at a hotel in Coeur d'Alene. So, first of all, I want to point out that probably 95% of the people listening to this podcast have never heard of Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> so, it's just a little town. It's a beautiful town. And, a, and a lovely lake in the mountains. And it's is, perfect. And so, don't ask Samantha because I think she'll say every town's <laughs> beautiful. She'll find the beauty in every town. Um, well, this town has a motorcycle convention every year, don't they? That I don't know. They do they? They better. I, yeah. I think you're, are you thinking of Sturgis or something? Yes, thank you. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay. That's a whole different town. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so Coeur is a small in, town. But that's in, um, what? Uh, what it, it's not Iowa. It's 
Dakotas. It's Idaho. Yeah, Dakotas. Dakotas. Oh, so Sturgis is in the Dakotas. Yeah. Yeah. There has to be something in Idaho, though. Not, oh, yeah. Not just potatoes. So I was... Like I a was motorcycle in thing in in, oh. in Potato Land. <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah. and mo- a motorcycle thing in Idaho. I, I don't know. Sorry. Right. Sorry. I don't know. Way Sorry. off. Way off. Sorry. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, decades ago, Coeur d'Alene was kind of a shithole of a town, but somebody decided it's going to be a resort town. So um, it's pretty fancy. It's very fancy, right next to the lake. And I'm uh, my guess is is that um, uh, that there's um, going to be oodles of golf. Like it's that kind of fancy. Mm-hmm. Like golfers fancy, and golfers fancy is not the same as organic fancy. And so, um, but anyway, we went there because I desperately needed, needed to go and see this movie, the Wonka movie, because it looked like it was going to fill my soul. And, um, it had a flavor to it in the previous, I just felt like I want to go and, and see this. And so I went and so I could have seen it in Missoula, but I went to Coeur d'Alene instead. And um, so I went to Coeur d'Alene and I rented this hotel room and I thought, you know, and I got a pretty fancy hotel room, but I guess it's fancy by golfer fancy, not organic fancy. So um, it had a kitchen and a bedroom and and um, it had a living room. And I and I'm kind of so this is the kind of the point that I want to make, because after a day, not not even 24 hours in Coeur d'Alene, I was more than ready to come home. Like, this was a, a soul-draining... First of all, the fucking movie, they showed 42 minutes of advertisements. Like, we got there 10 minutes early, because, you know, we going to see the movie at 2. And um, and so for so for ten minutes we watched commercials, but I kind of knew that was going to happen. And then, and so this is just me just bitching. Um, <laughs> so the movie actually started at two thirty-two, and, and it's like, son of a bitch. Um, uh, so I kind of vowed to myself, I'm I'm not going to ever see a movie in a theater again because that. <laughs> That was just too. That was awful. It doesn't matter how good the movie is. It it got all ruined by that many commercials. All right. I have a suggestion for you, Paul. Just show up good twenty minutes late for the movie. And then, if the movie started on time, what happens? Then you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. I I like I, I like I like the streaming that you do now. Oh yeah, there you go, Paul Theater. That's the solution. And I love when we do Paul Theater. <laughs> I enjoy it a lot. We're gonna do it tonight, aren't we? We're gonna watch a little little uh, of a Christmas Carol movie. Make it so. Uh, yeah, 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 with uh, Patrick Stewart. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, make it so. Okay. Right. Yeah, he'll 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 tell the ghosts to make it so. And so I I like the the one version that I I like to watch where where the ghost of Christmas presents says, uh, "Come over here, you weird little man." <laughs> uh, like, yeah, that's my guy. Somebody, he's one of my people. <laughs> ghost of Christmas present. Okay. So, uh, but then the thing was is like, okay, we're gonna try to go to a restaurant. And um, 
And very, very fancy. I went there at 5 o'clock. The place was packed at 5. I, I'm used to, like, if I'm going to go to a restaurant, it's going to be um, kind of a ghost town at 5, so you can get a table easy. But it wasn't that way. So Samantha managed to find us a table despite all the crowds. And it's like, okay, great. Um, but once I started looking at the food and knowing it's golf course fancy, not organic fancy, I eventually got so skeeved out that um, I, I said, uh, in fact, I want to tell the story because Samantha says, oh, I'm just going to get a salad. And she pointed at the salad that she was going to get. So I looked at it, and it offered something that is a regional treat, and it's called uh, Cougar Gold Cheese. Now, in 2005, I went to a weekend workshop that was all about artisan cheese making, and um, I drank in every second of this. And the, the, the students there were just wonderful, so I'm just a student. I'm I'm not a teacher of any kind. I'm a nobody. <clears throat> and um I want to I want to bash so much about this particular class <laughs> in a lot of different ways, but there was a guy there who was a guest instructor for part of one day and um and he wanted to talk about what these, you know, damn hippies are complaining about the growth hormone that's put into these cattle so they can produce more milk and that there's, there, all their claims are unfounded and wrong and stupid. And then he went on to say, uh, stuff about, you know, the same kind of thing about herbicides being used. How else are you going to control the weeds? I mean, there's no other way. It's impossible. And so just those whiny hippies are ruining everything for everybody. And I kind of feel like all of the students were part of Camp Whiny Hippie, I guess. Because <laughs> I think everybody there was very much anti-herbicide and anti-growth hormone stuff. So... But he was also the founder of Cougar Gold. So basically, while it's considered very fancy, again, golf course fancy, not organic fancy. So all the growth hormones, all the herbicides, maybe extra herbicides just for sport, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so like very fancy, but the opposite of my values, like intensely opposite. And so, um, I just needed to go. And then of course it's the city and, and, um, cement and traffic lights. And then there was the whole thing about the parking. We had to park in a parking garage, which is six floors high. And we learned that the car parking garage was six floors high because there was no parking available <laughs> until we got to the very top floor, um, which is the sixth floor. And um, so much cement. <laughs> and then there were so many people there in that building. I had this bizarre sensation of here we are in a town that most people have never heard of. And I'll bet in that building at that moment, I'll bet there was 5,000 people in there. I mean, it's got to be like 15 yeah. stories tall or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, and from the parking garage, the building was certainly a lot taller than the parking garage. 
are so many people. And we were there at 5, which is usually ghost town time for a restaurant, but it was packed. And I had this bizarre thought of like, I'll bet nobody in this building has ever read my book. (laughs) (laughs) But there's so many of them. I mean, I sell like one copy of my book a day. You know, and it and it's like, um, and I visit with other authors who are selling something on the order of like three thousand books a month, and and it's like really, what is, you know? And so I don't know whether I should just think, you know what? I think my book is awesome, but I think other people have voted with their dollars that my book is not aligned with their standards and so and of course i got two books out there neither of them are big big sellers but uh, all right all right fair enough fair enough people have voted with their dollars and here we are. And, and maybe some of these other books they've got publicists or whatever i don't know um, it's all be beyond me i think it's important to say not at this time at this time it's one a day a book a day sure yeah but I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like. I, I hope it changes. Sure. How about yeah. that? I hope it. I hope there's more interest and, and stuff. But okay, setting all that aside, I had that was a weird thought I had. Is like all because of course they are golf course fancy, not organic fancy, and so there's so many, so many thousands of people, and it's like, but they're buying this stuff. They're buying. They're all there. They're probably going to part with hundreds of dollars in the next hour to eat <laughs> golf course fancy food. Well, I think you can assume that those folks can be level zero on your scale. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, that's where they are. And I well. tried to make the book for level zero, but I I heard from a friend who told me, who read the book, and he you said... You said was, you made it for level zero people? I, I you thought... You started off with the whole light bulb thing. How can you say that that's, that's to, to <laughs> challenge level zero people? Chapter one is like... Isn't that like all about the light bulbs? It's, it's, it's like... I think it's like chapter <laughs> seven, but it's very early in the book, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but it's like... I did... I did... Yeah, I did modify... shaker, man. Those I, are pillars falling down when people... No, oh, but that's what I've been doing all my life is, is like changing at the light bulbs. Well, I do say <laughs> twice at the beginning of the chapter and once at the end of the chapter... So I, three times, because the first people who read it, the first reviewers before it was in print, then um, they were like, oh, that's, that is, and so I, we, what we did is, is we made it, instead of just saying it once, we said it three times in the chapter. This light bulb stuff is so trivial, yet a lot of people won't listen to anything else unless we can push the light bulb stuff aside. Like all the stuff you've been told about light bulbs is not true so we need to get that sorted and as much as i am painted as the light bulb guy i gotta tell you sean my co-author is the one who really went to town on that chapter and so did not mean to distract this whole discussion with uh all right but but my point is level zero people you were surrounded by thousands of level zero people here right right and so i had the weird thought um, we went back to the concrete parking garage to the sixth floor. We retrieved my little vehicle, my teeny tiny Prius, and um, we drove in circles all the way back down. <laughs> 
to the ground floor where we had to pay $10 in order to be allowed to get out. So uh, I paid I paid ten dollars in order to be able to go to the restaurant and be skeeved out and and then you know wade through the masses in order to be able to go back to the hotel. So we so all that cement building, then drive through the cement town to go back to the cement hotel, and um, which. Not only did it have a bizarre thing with the lights, but the lights that we could get to turn on, I don't know if they were LEDs or fluorescents or whatever, but, for example, and, and so Samantha, I'm going to look at you while I, while I ask this question. Yeah. I believe that the thing in the, the living room was defined by the fact that it was a room, and on one side there was something that was technically... Officially, I think it's fair to call it a couch. And opposite of the couch was a big screen TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they... Now, the couch to me was was like you're sitting on a couch right now, and that's that's the the couch you happen to be sitting on now is a Craigslist find that Fred got for me uh, when I years ago. And and of course, you guys have all sat on the 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 couch that we used to call the cloud out in the living room which has lost some of its cloudiness it's but it's but some people are still like that's the most comfortable couch I've ever sat on um and it's like oh you should have sat on it when I first got it <laughs> it was it was like sitting on a cloud it was like it just sucks the consciousness right out of you which is probably good that it, we've gotten past that stage because everybody would just fall asleep sitting on that couch now they just sit on the couch like they're sitting on the couch but alright the couch in court in this hotel room in Coeur d'Alene, technically a couch. I found it to be not comfortable to sit on. Um, it did not even look like something I wanted to sit on. But maybe golf course fancy people would think that's a nice couch. It did look like something that was going to be easy to clean in case partiers puked on it or something. Is my analysis sound about right? Yeah, it was. It was very firm. And, uh, you know, probably some kind of plastic fabric. Yeah. So what color was the was the living room? I believe the rooms were all white, and the couch was a bit of a tan. And then there were some, like, things you might put your feet on, sort of, like little sitting stools or footrests that were also this plastic material that was, was white. Such a, it was such a firm material. Mm-hmm. Those also could double as a coffee table. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, which is odd. But I think the room was gray. Okay. And I think the couch was kind of a brownish gray color. But um, I kind of felt like uh, it's it's like this room was assigned a couch. Okay, one couch. <laughs> uh, we, we brought the couch truck over here. We've got uh, 40 rooms to populate. We brought over 40 couches. Each room gets one. Uh, couch um and uh, these are technically couches they are they are made at the couch factory um and there's an assembly line and these are technically couches which we've sold to this organization for half price um it doesn't look like a couch you want in your home but uh this isn't a home this is a hotel room and uh so this couch the message from this couch is fuck off <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it wasn't a place you wanted to sit. It was kind of like you, you could sit down if you needed to, but you wouldn't be comfortable there. So between the low quality of lighting and the low quality of this couch, I mean, everything was immaculately clean, but I kind of felt like being in this room was a soul-draining experience. And I was so glad to get home. Anyway, um... This podcast is continued in part two. Put Paul's brain on your plot. Do you have a hunk of land but don't know where to start? Do you have a world-changing permaculture idea and you need some feedback? Do you feel like the guy in overalls may inexplicably hold the keys to all your wildest permaculture and homesteading dreams? Well, you're probably wrong. But if you want to give it a go anyway, you can hire Paul for a consultation. He will be all yours for a whole entire hour. Schedule your Paul-versation today at permies.com slash consult. permies.com slash consult.